Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Big Blue Insider is on. News Radio 630 WLAP and the iHeartRadio app. To interact with the show, call us at 859-280-2287. That's 859-280-CATS. Or you can tweet us at BigBlueInsider1. Now, here's Dick Gabriel. Well, it's the day after signing day, and the hits just keep on coming for the Wildcats. I'm sure other schools have had kids announcing and, and turning in their letters today. But this, this is one we thought they might get, and I have a feeling they were pretty optimistic about getting Joel Williams. But until that letter rolls in, you just never know. We're going to talk about that tonight. He, among other players who have made their decision, here on the Big Blue Insider, we welcome you on a chilly Thursday evening. Coming up tonight, Josh Moore, the Herald Leader, will join us at the bottom of this hour and we'll talk about the football signing class, the big the big day for Mark Stoops and his staff. And I don't even know if we'll have time to get into the Belk Bowl. There's so much to talk about. But we're also going to find out in hour number two about another bobblehead with a U.K. connection. Phil Sklar is going to join us. You might recall he was with us this summer. He was talking to us about the Benny Snell bobblehead. And it moved well. And he's had some UK bobbleheads, and he says they do good business with the Big Blue Nation. So now they have a bobblehead for the UK mascots. And it is, I think, going to be, it's available now. And we're going to find out tonight, if you order now, can you get it in time for Christmas? That's what it's all about. So uh, Billy's in the other room behind the bulletproof glass. And that, that's a master's hat, is it, Augusta? It is. I was able to go this year. And oh, man. And I was man. able to buy, the, buy a hat and a, some other merchandise. Good for you, a little merch. Yeah. I've got a hat somewhere that I, I hardly ever wear. I'm afraid I'll, you know, mess it up. Get yeah. It dirty. I should dig it out. But it also implies that I've been there and I haven't yet. That's on the list. I'm afraid I'd have to get in the trunk of somebody's car and sneak in that way yeah security's tight I, yeah we ended up winning an online lottery oh cool to get the tickets yeah had it went up had a good time i tell you what you know we are cbs affiliate and uh for three or four years our gm the late great ralph gabbard was the head of the local affiliates for cbs i mean the entire country couldn't get us credentials really had no sway no i mean you know we're augusta no <laughs> you know can we no what about no you know so that's all right. Even our station down in Augusta that our company owns has trouble. They have to do their live shots from a loading dock across the street next to a dumpster. But what do you see in the background? You know, perception is reality in television. Doesn't matter what's on the other side of the camera. That's a dumpster. You know, you know my, what's that crawling across your foot? <laughs> my favorite part was actually in the Hooters parking lot when I was able to meet John Daly. And, now uh, see that's he was a story. Able to sign some merchandise for me. Really? Yeah. Pictures? 
Uh, you know, you buy a shirt from him. No, and, no, no, you know, no. He Pictures it. of you and John Daly. Oh, yes, I do. I there got you go. one. There you go. I'll send it to you. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, that's one up on me, brother. <laughs> uh, so, like I said, that is story number one, probably number 1A, since football kind of trumped basketball this morning or today because of the timeline. Most of you who stayed up last night, I wonder how many, and I could not because I get up so early. But I do wonder how many of you gave up on the game and then learned later that Kentucky came back and tied it. I went to bed when they were down 10 in the first half. I thought, well, you know, they'll, they'll start hitting shots. They'll, they'll, they'll do their, you know, no, shots never went down. But John Calipari singing the familiar refrain, about a lack of fight in his team. This is not new for, for him with this team, with other teams. And if you've been in Rupp Arena, you've seen and heard him yell about it. Now, you see on television every now and then, they'll cut away to him three or four seconds. But oftentimes when he does what I'm about to talk about, they've missed it. You know, the, the guy with the, the low camera or the second camera up top, he has shown it to the guys in the truck, and by the time they punch it up, it's over. But Calipari will stand there and scream, fight! Not X's and O's stuff, just the word fight, you know, for about 10 seconds. And there, there are times I'm thinking, you know, couldn't you be doing something a little more constructive. But then there are times I'm like, you know what? He's right. They're getting beat on the boards. They're getting beaten on screens. They're giving up open looks because they're not communicating on defense. They're not battling for second shots, which goes back to being beaten on the boards. But it's a different kind of fight that it takes. And if this team falls short this year, what we saw last night, and, you know, I saw secondhand, will likely be the cause. Ask yourself, in the clutch, where does this team turn? Who do they go to? Right now, the answer is Ashton Hagens. Now, Maxi made some plays last night, made some mistakes. I do believe, and I remember I said right now, I'm really curious. I'm really interested to see how much he develops between now and March because he seems like a kid, first of all, great motor, which means great work ethic, or at least a good one, and a willingness to shoulder the load. Not that he's hogging the ball or whatever. He looks for his teammates. But I do think there's a toughness in him. And he'll come around by March. How many of his teammates will come with him? You know, Hagens is there. Quickly can be there. Quickly played his best basketball last year, late in the season. He did not play his best basketball last night. Let no, me tell he you. did not. Oh, for four no. from three, four points on the night. One minutes. How many shots did he take? Ten. He took ten shots. And he hit what two? Two. Yeah. 
That's bad. In night. 30, 31 minutes, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, 31 minutes. Two for 17 from three as a team. Man. And wasn't this supposed to be a team that can shoot? That's what he, that's what he said. Yeah. So now we're going to find out, was that an aberration? That's the good thing. They get to come back and play again Saturday, same location. However, we all know the team they play is going to be quite a bit better than the team that beat them the other night. But oftentimes, teams that lose games, like the one they lost last night, jump up and surprise you. Maybe it's going to be the team that beat Michigan State. Yeah, I know Michigan State's not super. But Michigan State's better than Utah. And Kentucky just played well and looked good against Michigan State. So we'll see. You know, the other question is, where does E.J. Montgomery fit into all this? He came back, worked on his game, and I think people expected him to be the P.J. or the Kevin Knox or whatever. It's not even close right now. Calipari said this after the game, losing stinks by way of Twitter. Losing stinks, we're still trying to figure this out. But I like the fact that we had a will to win at the end. For the other 30 minutes, they were the aggressor. They were the fighters. We were not. Absolutely correct. And he also said, these guys need each other. We need everybody with extreme energy and effort and doing what they do for this team. We have as much upside as any team now we're going to have to go chase it. I believe in this team. I'll say it again, and in all caps, next with three exclamation points. Well, and he's right, of course, on both. It was all Utah for 30 minutes, then Kentucky made that run 27-10. to 10, And I do believe that was the right call on Maxie's charge when they reversed it. You do? I do. I would disagree, but I was going to say I can yeah. tell. I can tell by the tone of your voice. I was I was a little surprised when I went back and watched the replay that they called it. You didn't think the guy was there in time? No, no. I mean, it it looked like it, it certainly did because the way that he fell, I think he flopped a little bit and mm-hmm. kind of how he stood there, kind of a left of where Hagen's was as mm-hmm. he hit his left shoulder. Mm-hmm. You mean Maxie or Maxie? Yeah, but yeah. no, I thought that was he was a little late. Okay, well, and he might have been. But the fact that they were at that point that they hadn't established themselves and taken an 8-10 point lead in the second half says a lot. The fact that the game came down to that says a lot. So we'll see where they are on Saturday. Sistine is back. That helps, obviously. It doesn't help they got beat by an eighth grader at point guard. <laughs> I mean, what was that? <laughs> Ryland Jones? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how I can have faith in this team if they're going to lose to guys like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are a lot of different, you know, they gave up 10 points to one guy out of the gate. Now, he scored only, what, four more after that. But that was just a weird game, wasn't it? It was. And did you get any of the uh, Bill Walton commentary? I, I have not um, because I kind of zipped through the video, if you know what I'm mean. saying. Yeah. Now, on our pregame special Saturday on KYT, and we'll also have some on the BBN TV, there was a conversation between Bill Walton and John Calipari. 
So we'll have excerpts from that. And I just now came in. I got a note. So I'm curious to hear <laughs> hear that play out a little bit. Um, I, I kind of wanted to hang with it because, I mean, early in the game I was listening to Tom and Mike. I knew I couldn't listen to the whole game. But I've kind of enjoyed Walton in little bits and pieces. I don't know that I could take him for two and a half hours. No, you, you hit the nail on the head right there. In moderation, yeah. it, it's actually it's kind of funny. It's some of, it's yeah. humorous, some of the things that he said. But there were several times throughout the broadcast last night, Dick, where he would start yipping. The running Utes of Utah. Yip, yip, yip. <laughs> yip. Uh, don't know what was going on. It, it took oh, almost man. a half, the entire first half, for the other broadcaster to ask him what he's even doing. You it, know, they do research, as you know, being in this business, they do research on guys like that, and apparently he skews well, well enough to where they keep inviting him back, right? Yeah, true. I, you know, the one I used to get a kick out of it when Dan Patrick worked for ESPN Radio uh, before he left and went to before he escaped and uh, went to Fox. But it, do you remember when Walt, he would have Walton come on? What was it Thursday or Friday for about a what a twelve minute segment? And <laughs> And Walton would deliver a soliloquy as he said hello. And they got longer and longer and longer. I just thought it was tremendous because, well, for one thing, being in this business, to hear a guy do that, I don't know if he's working off notes or not. I didn't care. But it was entertaining and it was impressive. Not so much what he was saying, but it was how he was doing it. You know what I mean? And then I remember the day... And he finished it up with, Dan, good afternoon. And I remember the day that Dan Patrick started wrapping it up. He goes, okay, well, thanks, Bill, and uh, we've got to take a break. And Walt was like, what? We're done? He goes, you used up all your time. So I did get a kick out of that. One long after that that Patrick had left. 280-228-7800-606-4263. Tweet us at Big Blue Insider 1. Back to talk more football and basketball with you. Bottom of the hour, Josh Moore. Hour number two. Find out about that UK bobblehead. You're going to want it. 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. 630 WLAP. A little late getting back. I was just on the phone with Steve Moss from KYT. He was telling me. He was talking about the, the sounds that Bill Walden was making. And he said that, that basically what it was was Walton referring to the fact that Utes are Native Americans, what we used to call Indians. And he said, and, and he's got knowledge of such things. You know, I mean, that's just part of his deal. And he was apparently, according to Steve, mimicking, I don't know if it was a war cry or a sound or something that, Native Americans make, or maybe that particular tribe make. I don't know. I didn't hear it, but that's what Steve was saying. But did he really say that? Well, I know he predicted Kentucky would come back. He 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 said it would come back like water carving through igneous rock. Did you hear that one? Uh, it sounds like something he said. Yeah, that it would. Night. Yeah. He also said he loved virgins at one point. Really? Yeah. I virgin mean, daiquiris or just virgins? Virgins. Oh, interesting. Yep. It was yeah. it was a roller coaster. Okay. One yeah, way to right. explain it. Absolutely. But water carving through igneous rock is fantastic. Of course, Bruce Lee was famous for Be Like Water. But that wasn't about being power. I guess in a way it was. Water can be powerful. Water can be soft. But, you know, 
igneous rock. I actually had geology when I was a freshman at UK. Probably the course that I hated the most at UK. Why? Because the teacher wouldn't let me drop the class, no matter how much I begged him. And then I had to take the exam on Derby Day. Wouldn't cut me any slack. It's like a national holiday. Oaks Day is an, like a holiday in this state. You had You'd to do something on the Derby? Not for that guy. But anyway, that's why I know what Igneous Rock is. I mean, you know, he w- he was complimentary. Like he wasn't like taking shots at the program or anything. It was just it was really distracting a lot of times. Yeah, that's that. I think that's probably my biggest complaint, and what little I've heard of him is, you know, he can be entertaining. That's why I don't mind hearing him being interviewed on the radio. But I've always said that I won't say the one. You know, the word judge is not right, but I enjoy color commentators. Based on how much I learn from them. I always say, teach me one thing about the game. No matter what the sport. Just teach me one thing. One new thing and I'll be very happy. I mean, I've been around for a while. I've watched, I've learned, I've listened. I've worked in TV. Teach me something new. And Walton sometimes does. But don't annoy me. Don't bug me. People don't tune in to hear the announcers, but they'll leave you. If, the, if, if you're bugging them. I've learned that, too. You probably have, too. Oh, you, yeah, yeah, please. A Tony Romo comes to mind as somebody that teaches you something yep. or at least can yep. predict things yep. in the right way. And, exactly. and a wild card as of late that has been entertaining is Pat McAfee. I don't know oh, how much sure. you've heard of that. And he's, wild card is the right word. And he's been on College Game Day, which mm-hmm. has been he's been a great addition to that. Mm-hmm. So just kind of outside the box. He's a new approach. Box. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's what right. seems like yeah. what they're going with I'm here. good with that. Hey, Roy, what's up? Yeah, I got a comment about the football recruiting. I'm yeah. glad we got the four-star cornerback out of Louisiana. How about that? And and I'm not going to vilify the Kentucky team, but if I was a coach and they didn't play a zone and I didn't coach a zone against Kentucky, they ought to put me in the mental institution. <laughs> Kentucky cannot score on a zone defense. Can't, can't shoot over it. Nope. Now they've got a guy, they got a point guard who can shooters? penetrate it. Yeah. What happened to our shooters, sir? Good question, Roy. We were just talking about that. That was supposed to be one of the characteristics of this team. And it might be before the end of the year. But I think Roy, I think that's what everybody's asking right now. What happened well, to the shooters? Any coach, yeah. yeah. Any coach in the country that's watched that ball game and watched the other ball games when they've played against the zone. That's what I would coach against. Them. Yeah, I think you're going to see more of that, don't you? Every game. <laughs> well, that but also depends on on the coach. A lot of guys are stubborn about not playing zone. Well, my suggestion would be if somebody could tell Coach Cal, teach them kids a zone so they can get used to playing against <laughs> yeah. the zone. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. He don't call. do that. I'm sorry. He doesn't do that. And they're ill-prepared to go up against the zone. Last night. In the other ball games, they would put Higgins at the foul line extended, throwing the ball inside, and they could score off it. They couldn't even get the ball in there last night. Yeah, that's a problem. If you're not going to shoot over, you got to get inside of it. Roy, i got to let you go. Appreciate the call. I, I want to get. I need to get on YouTube and see if I can find it. A few years ago, Jay Billis did a heck of a piece during the NCAA tournament when Syracuse had one of those really good teams. And he had Bayheim basically give the Sesame Street explanation of why their zone is so good. But it also underscored how much work it takes. You don't just – I mean, a church league zone 
that you play because you're tired or half your teammates don't like playing defense at all, so you throw a zone. No. You take that area over there, Bill. Exactly. Playing a zone, playing a good zone, that takes a lot of work and a lot of practice. But to Roy's point, you got to be able to shoot over them from now, now and then. Josh Moore's next, 630 WLAP. You're listening to Big Blue Insider with Dick Gabriel on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome back to the Big Blue Insider. Dick Gabriel with you on a frigid, well, it was frigid earlier Thursday. It is Christmas season. It's also recruiting season. I'll tell you somebody who isn't frigid. <laughs> it's the University of Kentucky. Another signee in the fold today, and we're here to talk to Josh Moore about it. Beat writer for the Herald Leader, and uh, we were going to talk about yesterday's doings a little bit. we got to start with today. Josh, how big is this one? Joel Williams picks Kentucky. Yeah, they, they don't give you any time to even reflect. You, you they, they keep <laughs> stacking on dudes. Uh, yeah, Joel's a huge pickup. I think they thought he was actually a guy who was supposed to commit earlier in the week. Um, may have, you know, who knows? Maybe he, he, he might have signed yesterday, and we just don't know it. But 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 he, he is officially on board. He's officially signed. They're actually expecting him to enroll a four-star defensive back, one of the top players in Louisiana, a state where yeah, you could probably – go back and there's probably been too many recruits that Kentucky's landed out of Louisiana and, you know, another deep south guy who's going to, you know, probably come here and, and be able to just increase the athleticism across yeah. the, the board. He was a two-way guy in high school. A lot of these guys are two-way guys, you know, the skill guys, but but he's a guy that's just, you know, you know, he just probably looks more the part of, of a you know, an SEC athlete. And, you know, UK's gotten to a point where, that's what their whole locker room looks like. So <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be, and, and that wasn't the case. Maybe even you, you know, at the start of this decade. Um, so it, it just says a lot about where things have have gone. Have gone. To get a kid out of Baton Rouge who has said no, not just to LSU, but to Alabama. One of the reports I read said they thought he was pretty solid for Alabama. Uh, you know, sometime back, uh, really recently, but also Auburn, Florida, Georgia. I mean, all the suspects. From well, yeah, he was. The SEC. He was. Sorry to interrupt. You. Right. He was committed to Florida originally, yeah. and he 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 decommitted because Alabama offered him. <laughs> so wow. you know, I think that if you, understandably, you you will think, well, no, no, it's a no brainer. He's going to Bama, but mm-hmm. Kelvin Joseph, I think, is is an under. You know, he's a guy we haven't talked about a lot because he's he's That's been right. on the roster, but he was ineligible because he he transferred and had to sit out. Yep, he's a guy. He's buddies with Joel. And I think probably probably had a, some influence in that decision. I think you're absolutely right. Now, I read something about that. And what impressed me the most, Josh, about that was this was a guy who isn't even playing yet. This is a guy who's had to take the red shirt, the required red shirt, which seems more and more rare these days. But it's not like he's gone out and had a great time and taking part in wins and then getting on the phone talking to his buddy. He's talking, you know, he's betting on the come. He's saying, look, I'm waiting my chance to play. You need. I already like what I've got here. You need to come be a part of this. I've never heard of that. Yeah, and that must say something. I mean, I don't know what their relationship was like prior. Maybe they played on some some teams together. You know, a lot of you know the youth guys. A lot anymore. These guys, all these you know, good athletes, end up playing together at some yeah. point in their lives. So there's probably some a pre-existing relationship there, and there's probably you know he can sell. He can sell. 
you know, what, what, what the things that we don't see maybe, you know, the, how the academic stuff works, how the, how they handle practice, how they handle, you know, what the locker room dynamic is like. Um, so I think that's a, you know, that's, if you want to take away, you know, obviously getting the guys is a positive, but also, you know, it, it does say something about what more about the internal dynamics that's right. when, when you're able to have a guy, you know, help pitch uh, somebody when it's a guy that hasn't taken the field at all, like you said. Yep. And, you know, I've, I've got a few years on you, but I can tell you through the years, it's impressed me how many kids in, and people out there listening may roll their eyes do care about academics. Not all of them do, but a lot of them do. And I'll tell you what, and, and uh, m- many, many institutions now have similar facilities, but they rave about the CAT Center because they, they're made to understand that they're going to have an opportunity to get a degree and they're going to get the help they might need. And that's big. Yeah, and, and you, to that point, you, you, you bring it up, you know, there's a, several guys who, the football team this year who graduated today, I believe today, yep. or, or will this weekend. Mm-hmm. And, and one of those guys is, is, is a guy who, you know, has left but come back, and Martavius Nellums. I think you, right. you, you know, it, there's a culture here that, yeah, you want to finish, you want to do what you can. But in UK, and then on the basketball side, too, there's a lot of encouragement of coming back and finishing, too. Yep. Um, and I think that's something, you know, especially your, your really, your highest of high-profile guys, you know, they want to go to the league, whether it's the NBA, NFL, Major League, whatever it is. They want to go and, and make that money, and I don't blame them. If, yeah. I, if I had the ability they have, I'd, I'd say, you know, screw English class, too. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but. But they're, they're so they they are encouraged to to go seek out their pro options, but also to come back and finish. You yeah. know when they have the time or or whenever you know maybe maybe you know there's just a better it's a better situation for them to come back. I talked with Lynn Bowden yesterday on the uh, the online signing program, and he told me that not only was he on schedule to graduate, he would have graduated in, in next December like these guys. So he's ahead of schedule. You know, which is not all that shocking because a lot of these guys stay on campus. You have to be enrolled to stay on campus in the summertime. But still, they're doing the work. And he said he will come back at some point and get his degree after, uh, you know, maybe while football is happening or during uh, at the end of his career. But anyhow, uh, that's big. Uh, but but rolling it back to football, 10, 4, or 5-star recruits, that's the most since they've started tracking this kind of thing, Josh. And it's interesting to me that it used to be, and, and Stoops has said, and I believe him, they've never promised playing time to anybody. But look, if you're a talented kid, all you had to do was turn on the TV or come to a game and see this woeful Kentucky team, and you'd say to yourself, man, I could play yesterday for this team. Now it seems like they're, they're saying, I really want to be a part of this team, but I may have to sit a year, maybe not. But it's it's interesting the transformation over the last seven eight years. Yeah, you get you absolutely when when Stoops and, and company showed up, they, you know, I don't they they would probably preach in the same thing about opportunity, but in the back of their heads they're like, well, you're going to have an opportunity. That's you're right. Just better. <laughs> opportunity will come quickly. Oh yeah. Um, and now maybe you know it, it's good to have those battles and and guess what? So, not every single one of these guys who signed yesterday. Is going to end up playing at UK. That's just a you. You that's just right. uh, accept that because that's you know that's a. But every every school in the country is going to have that problem. The yeah. worst schools and the best schools. Mm-hmm. 
It's just the fact of, you know, because once you get in campus, once you come to college, I mean, there's so many things that can that just, just change a situation. Sure. Um, and, but but you, 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 it's still something, you know, I think fans definitely should be excited about. It's historic. Um, I was just looking, you know, earlier, just a few minutes ago, yeah, they're not teams, I think, overall in rivals rankings, but if you look at, like, the average, like the average rating of each player, you know, cycle it that way, only Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Texas A&M, and Florida are ranked ahead of Kentucky. Kentucky and Tennessee are tied. Yeah. So they're they're the only five teams in the league ranked ahead of them. And, you know, I mean, that's a pretty impressive metric. Absolutely. Although, you know, there are the, the cynics who say, well, we're still 10th in the league or tw- whatever, but it doesn't take that long to go back to a point where Kentucky was happy to be cracking the top 50. You know, the higher you rated that your classes are, the better a chance you have, and it's all about development after that, as we all know. And I keep pointing out that what you've got to do is go back after four years and see where these kids are. For instance, Rich Brooks one year had six kids end up in NFL camps who were no higher than three stars. But by definition, because they made it to a camp, in hindsight, that made them five stars. You know, the, the, the services that give out the five stars – you know, they only give them to kids they think are going to make it to an NFL camp. Well, you know, by definition, half a dozen of those Kentucky kids, as it turns out, became five-star players. And, and you know, of course, UK put 11 kids in camps this past year. So, uh, you know, it, it's all about developing talent. And as you said, attrition, who sticks around. But when you're winning and kids are happy, a little bit easier to do, isn't it? Oh yeah, and, and you and, and it's all about it's, it's all about rolling. you uh, every every coach in the country this week is just rolling the dice. This yep. is their first dice roll, and and you you got them on board. You wanted them on board, and you're now you now you just you're just playing the odds. And it's better you know it's better to play the odds with with a couple aces in your hand than not. Oh yeah, it's the way I look at it. And and you you get into the situation where yeah you've got. Higher profile talent, even you know, even thinking about, it, even if they don't end up committing to Kentucky, just if they're even considering Kentucky, because right. you're right. That's right. You know, people, yeah, people get worked up about being, you know, ninth in the SEC or eighth in the SEC or whatever. It's like, oh, we're we're still not at the top. Well, yeah, but you were you ninth in the SEC. You know, they, I, what, I think Missouri is tenth, and you know, they were class nationally is ranked like fifty seven. Wow. So, no kidding. So that's. That's where Kentucky used to be. Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. And so that's that's where you've closed the gap is you you you've shot up uh, up the board. Sure, Josh Moore, my guest. He is the UK beat writer for the Herald Leader, Kentucky dot com. Of course, we're talking about recruiting the Wildcats, landing another one today, Joel Williams. And it was interesting yesterday in his news conference and yesterday morning as he was talking to us, we're working at the the online show. Mark Stoops had a bit of a gleam in his eye. When he was telling us we're not done yet, there are going to be some others. So that was kind of interesting. But let, let's break it down a little bit. I, I don't, you know, we don't have time to go through everybody, but other than Williams, Justin Rogers, does he lead off the list of names that really jump out to you? Yeah, and I think he, he's overall is the name that everybody's right attracted to because he is the only five star guy um, as far as his rankings go. He, I mean, I, I mean, he's just a. I mean, he seemed, the, the only offensive tackle that that 
Robles has ranked ahead of him is, is committed to Clemson. His name escapes me right now, but I was watching film with that guy yesterday, and he is good. Yeah. He is yeah. very much deserving of that number one ranking. But, but, but Justin's a guy that it, it, he's more interesting because he, he kind of flipped positions. He's, he, I think he was, he was originally ranked as an offensive tackle, um, but it is more, you know, has more of a future in, in the pros at, on the defensive side. Yeah. So I think that, that was, and that was part of, I think, honestly, part of getting him, you know, to UK was uh, they were one of the first that said, come on down, well, you can play it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's part of this, too. You look at kids, a lot of these guys, especially the high-profile guys, could probably play a lot of different positions. So if you're able to be accommodating and, and figure out a way to get that, you know, worked out or, or you're, you, you see needs at that position coming down the pike, that's another way to, to kind of get yourself in the conversation. Mm-hmm. I think that, that probably speaks to UK staff and thinking that they can develop guys like that. What do you think of the way the quarterback picture is playing out right now? Or I guess I should say could play out. Yeah, I mean, so you talk about guys that are compelling. Obviously, Bo, I think it was, it was so fascinating to hear Eddie Grant and, and Darren Henshaw specifically talk about him yesterday because, I mean, they, you can tell they really like him. Oh, yeah. Um, I think they, and not that they don't really like Joey Gatewood, but Gatewood's more of a unique situation because you he kind of, you know, fell into your lap and but isn't going to be eligible right away, um, most likely. I mean, they're going to apply for a waiver, but who knows with the NCAA. Um, so with Bo, it's a guy they've been recruiting for four years. Yeah. You've finally got him officially on board, and he can play. I mean, I, I've – I've, I'm pretty high on Bo Allen. I've watched him play since he was a freshman myself, and mm-hmm. and think he's really talented and he's incredibly accurate. Has a good, you know, he can get it down the field. And I think, you know, I think, you know, it, it's so, so easy to get caught up on the way that they've played, you know, just because of how they've had to, you know, not even this year, but going back the last couple of years of just different quarterback situations. If they can, you know, bring in Bo and play a style of offense that they, you know, it's more of like a you know, the kind of thing that U.K. fans, I think, probably want to watch. Yeah. Um, is the kind of guy that can, can fit right into that. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they've, they've liked the winning over the last couple of years, and it's funny to me to hear a stadium roaring as Bo, uh, not Bo, but, well, Lynn Bowden, different Bo, <laughs> is running up and down the field, or Benny Snell running up and down the field. It's the same roar that you hear when they complete a deep ball. Uh, you know, but it's, it's different when it doesn't work watching a guy get buried at the line as opposed to watching a guy almost catch a pass. You know, fans are fickle. You know that. But it is interesting, as you say, through the years, you see the way Kentucky's had the most checkered luck with quarterbacks, good and bad, over the last five years or so. I don't know what they could do, what they do with themselves if things kind of settle down over there, you know? Oh, yeah. that's. Uh, I think you look at that and think – I mean, how you, you know they've went to four straight bowl games, and that's maybe the most impressive part about it is yeah, they've just—it's like they've just can't you know, keep tripping over their own feet as far as when it comes to dealing with quarterback stuff. Yeah. Um, and finally, and, and then finally, you come into this season, you know who the starter is. Yep. You feel really good about his improvement, and then you lose him two games into the season—not even two <laughs> games—and you just you're just like. It's like Lucy pulling the football out from underneath Charlotte Brown's feet again, <laughs> and and then you and then they figured it out. They got creative, yeah. and and it 
you know, it, it worked. And I, and I, you know, I get fans want to throw the ball, and I think the coaches want to throw the ball because mm-hmm. you obviously want to recruit receivers who want to catch the ball. But I had a lot of fun watching the way they played this year. It was different, and and, and it worked. Yeah. Yeah. That's what really matters at the end of the day. Oh, I agree with you. And, and it, that was as much to do with the weather, them not throwing the ball. You know, talking to Eddie Grant yesterday, it was just, you know, one frustrating Saturday after another. So I, I agree with you. I think whoever plays quarterback next year, you'll see the offense, more of the offense that Grant and Hinshaw ran up at Cincinnati. But Eddie also talked about how much he has learned and grown as a coordinator because he's had to – to change for Lynn Bowden to change for Steven Johnson, you know. And, and with Steven, it was just dial it back and hand the ball to Benny. But this year, he said, we stole from people, we borrowed from people, we talking about plays, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and it, it made him smarter. Oh, yeah, it makes you smarter. It's a, it's a, you know, if you're somebody who, you know, has been in coaching as long as, as Grant and, and some of these guys have, you, you're always, you know, in, in, there's at least some part of you that likes to be challenged and to learn different things. So yeah. what better way to, to do it than what they had to do this year? And I think that was part of, you know, part of getting Gatewood on board probably was seeing what they were able sure. to do. And, and I think also because the, the kind of the hallmark of this recruiting class was the, the, the line play on both sides. Oh, yeah. I mean, you see what they did with the offensive line, you know, this group this year. And I mean, that group's been good for the last couple of years, but, but to see what they did when they, they opposing defenses knew every time what Kentucky was going to do oh, on that yeah. play, yeah. and to see, and they can point to that and say, I mean, we put these guys in the worst <laughs> spot they could have been in, and we were setting rushing records three straight weeks. That's exactly right, and it added up to seven wins and could have been one or two more, and they get a chance for an eighth down at the Belk Bowl. Josh Moore will be covering that game. We appreciate your time, sir, and uh, I know you got more work to do tonight, so we'll be following along. Awesome. Appreciate it so much, man. Have a good one. You too. All right. That's Josh Moore, the Herald Leader. We're back in a minute here on 630 WLAP. This is the home of the Wildcats. 630 WLAP. Thanks again to Josh Moore for joining us. A few minutes left in uh, hour number one. TJ, what's up? Hey, not a lot, buddy. Uh, enjoying the show tonight. Hey, listen, uh, have you seen the uh, – I guess they call it the stars per recruit ranking uh, on on rivals. It's, it's like an average for the recruits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've read about it. Yeah, so apparently we rank twelfth uh, with the averages of the stars, right. and that's that's crazy. We're one spot below Oklahoma. And another thing, if you look at this, we're set up for the QB position for quite some time. And mm-hmm. I mean. Anything can happen, obviously, but just projected, we should have a starting quarterback through 2024, 2025 very easily with Wilson, Gatewood, and then Bo Allen. If everybody stays healthy and if things work out and people are patient and, and things like that, yeah, that's basically what they've, what they've got in mind. But you know how fickle that can be. Yes, sir. And, <laughs> and last point, I love that we got – so many offensive and defensive linemen. Yeah. I saw that we had the second best defensive lineman recruiting uh, in the nation behind mm-hmm. Clemson, and I saw also where we're I think top five in offensive linemen Correct. in the recruiting this year. So I love it, man. Games are won in the trenches. You got that right. Big men lead the way. Eddie Grant says, and look, everybody in America gets to dig, tries to get D linemen every year. That's the that's the toughest position 
the toughest need. And if you can go, especially like a Justin Rogers, man, you've done something. Yes, sir. Appreciate hey, y'all it. have a good night, man. Right. Go Cats. You have a good Christmas. Uh, just a little bit of time left. Uh, as I've mentioned before, Billy has uh, moved here from Louisville, and while you were over there, you kind of had to be cognizant of both UK and U of L. Have you picked up on anything about the fact that they lost that QB to Florida State at the last minute? Yeah, it was tough because he was the top recruit they had. I mean, it was headlining yeah. the class, so it was it was it's like tough if Kentucky to lost to Drew Barker. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, they're just kind of moving on without him. They still have some talented young guys at the quarterback position right now in the transfer for Appalachian State, Evan Conley, and Mikael Cunningham. His eligibility isn't out. So they still got QBs, but that was a tough loss. Mm -hmm. And uh, speaking of offensive linemen and always wanting offensive linemen, Bobby P. wasn't one of those guys. They had about six scholarships for offensive linemen and about 14 receivers. That's right. During his last season, so... Not everybody was on that train. No, no, you're right about that. And uh, it came home to roost, didn't it? Hour number two is coming up next here on 630 WLAP. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.